Welcome to another episode of the Speed Change Repeat Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is a special episode today. I'm quite excited about this because we are going to introduce a new format, which is not really a new format because we thought about this back in 2020, but did not really follow through with. And we're obviously also going to talk about um, last year, 2021, and also obviously going to kind of, you know, go for an outlook on 2022. What do we have planned? And also a lot of other great topics. But before we jump into the episode, I want to stop you guys right here. So because Spotify announced a new feature and uh, it's the rating feature. And, you know, I've never really asked for ratings on this podcast, but I've thought about it and I changed my mind. So stop the episode right now. Okay, no, don't stop it right now. Go to Spotify if you have Spotify. If you're listening to the show on Spotify, go to the top of the show and give us a rating. Five stars only, obviously, because we only do premium stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Give us an honest rating, you know, what do you think of the show? And uh, if you don't listen on Spotify, do that on wherever you listen to the show. It's highly appreciated. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. And for the first things of today, I do need to introduce a person to you, which I already introduced on this podcast. So I'm very happy to have my friend Raj on the show. Hi, Raj. How's it going? Hey, Jonathan. Good to be back. All good. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. The last time we recorded something, so no, wait, the last time I announced you for the show, we were actually together. True. And uh, this time we're not. So this time you're in a different place. You're in Dubai. I'm in Germany. That's so, right. I mean, Dubai is fantastic right now. It's 23 degrees. So just going to make you a bit jealous about that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I actually thought about this today, how, how much I would like to be there right now. But I mean, well, at least you can enjoy it. <laughs> so um there's a couple of things we want to talk about and but before we start to dive into the topics um i need to explain why you are on the show so for the listeners that do not remember or the listeners that have not listened to our show back then so in 2020 uh there was a, before before covid hit actually uh we thought about this idea or i thought about this idea you know, I want to have a different format uh, besides interviewing different types of guests on the show. And uh, I thought about uh, this format called, and I called it Inside SCR. And why Inside SCR? Because I wanted to have, I wanted to have a format where I can just like talk about all sorts of topic from a, an analytical perspective. And I thought about this like, okay, I do not obviously want to do this by myself, but I want to do this with someone that I know very, very well which is you. So you're one of my closest friends and uh, somebody that I uh, have a lot of conversations on, on topics that, you know, kind of fit into the, the genre of this podcast and would be very interesting, you know, to, to kind of record these um, conversations. That's, that's what I basically thought of. And so kind of the idea behind Inside SCR is me and Raj taking a bunch of topics that we just like think are interesting in, uh, in entrepreneurship, in, in, in VC and whatever kind of like interests us and fits into the show and like uh, go through them, you know, in, in terms of the latest news, in terms of um, thoughts that we have on specific topics, etc. I don't know how this will 
uh, evolve, develop, you know, maybe we'll add something else, you know, a different twist to it or whatever. But this is kind of the idea behind it. And I know Raj is excited about it. I hope you are. Absolutely. And it's good to be back, Jonathan. I mean, like, I mean, if, if uh, listeners go back, right, like there are some episodes that I've done, I think around 15 episodes in the very beginning. And yeah, it's been a while since I've done it. So good to be back. And I mean, indeed, Jonathan, the kind of conversations we do very often, we're like, shit, we didn't record that. <laughs> and and we're trying to now to to do it the other way around and start recording and uh, sharing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the the way we we basically went about this when we when we thought about okay, so how does that look like? You know, how, how does that um, execution for for such an episode look like? And we we basically came to the idea that okay, so we're just gonna take like uh, you know two, three, four topics that we have in our mind at the moment. Take these basically kind of as 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 as, um, as cornerstones, something to to tackle, and then basically just like talk these uh, topics through, and um, let's let's just um, jump straight into them, uh, or let's jump into the first one, which uh, has been a no-brainer because it's the 9th of January. So again, I, I didn't really say it yet. Um, Happy New Year to our listeners, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, obviously the first thing that we're gonna do or talk about um, together is uh, uh, kind of a review on, on last year's Speed Change Repeat podcast. You know, kind of like look back, um, especially like, you know, obviously from my perspective on how, how I saw certain things, you know, maybe some highlights, et cetera. And then like also um, Raj's perspective because uh, he, he obviously knows everything, the ins and outs of, 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 of the experiences and, and, and um, you know, the highlights of, of the show. So that's why actually, Raj, before I start talking or um, before I dive into some of the thoughts that I, that, I made, that I made for this, what comes to your mind when you, you, when you think about the podcast last year? Maybe like a favorite episode or something like, like what, what, what did you think of 2021? So, yeah, well, 2021 was different, right? So, I mean, of course, I mean, well, different to 2020 in the sense that uh, these two years have been mostly at home, right? So when you started, I, I remember you just like being like, yep, I'm off to Berlin, I'm off to Sweden, I'm off to all sorts of places to interview people, and that changed, right? And um, that meant going online. But interestingly enough, instead of being like, oh, shoot, like I need to go online, it's just turned out to be I'm going global, and that was remarkable, right? And um, one of the things we often laugh about is like, you know, you, you live in a, or used to live in a small city and you're like talking to the entire world. And I remember one in particular is, uh, I guess, the chief technology officer of US Air Force. And it's just like the Pentagon must be thinking like, what's going on here, right? Like, <laughs> why is there a connection at this point in time? But the story was remarkable and just the interview. So I think that's the one that immediately comes to my mind. But there's definitely many more that uh, I could name at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, overall, just what I like about listening to them is just like the pace and just the depth of the conversations. So, so I enjoy them, you know, even though I'm like I'm not, uh, let's say, on the speaking side uh, these these days on the podcast, but definitely enjoyed listening to them. Yeah, right. That's that's a big one. We talked about this, as you said many times. You know, uh, so. Obviously, there's a different twist to, um, you know, when you interview a person, uh, when you when you meet that person. So now that that's a that's a weird, weird, weird <laughs> sentence. So when you meet a person in person, <laughs> but I mean, if you do it, if you do an interview in person, 
you obviously connect completely for sure differently to that person right so and and um but then again i mean the, the that's that's one downside of, of going online but then again the upside is obviously that you can talk to the entire world for sure and but i think uh, one thing that you could do is like re or invite um, guests back again and mm. uh, sort of see how they have gone through these times because these are definitely i mean yeah. different times to traditional ones and how are they coping how are they changing so i think bringing the guests second time would be an interesting opportunity yeah absolutely yeah and and this is something that i've thought about as well so there's like a couple of people that i that i want to bring on to yeah. the show uh for a second time absolutely just because i you know i'm obviously i enjoyed all conversations but then there's you know just like a couple that i that i really deeply connected to in some sort of way um and so, so let me let me before you go let, let me ask you actually so yeah. what what stood out for you in 2021 yeah so i was i was sitting the other day um you know at my desk and, and i thought about this and there's like a couple of things that i that i uh, that i wrote down and so there's i i i really skipped on the quantity of episodes so because when we started the podcast the idea was okay one episode per week and if i look back on 2020 uh, 2021 um i think we recorded 24 episodes right um and if i if i look at the episodes i would say you know and, and that's obviously because of um of this okay going global you have a completely different variety of people that you can have as as we said right so that's why i would say like okay so quantity went down but um and and that was also kind of one of my one of my goals so when i look back at 2020 so uh, you know with 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 every year so far it was like okay you know improve improve on that you know like get get even get even crazier um people on the show you know and uh, crazier in the sense of like as you, as you said for example with the CTO of uh, the CTO of US Air Force right okay you know that's that's obviously like a, a an interesting one but so there's an and another thing that comes to, to to my mind is um the type of people 2021 was was a year where i talked to a lot of founders so a lot of entrepreneurs from the US and um, that is actually something that really shaped me and and also the the way I think of of the podcast and and the you know the type of people that I want to bring more onto the show you know and and, and you know that we both you know we 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 always talk about you know different venture ideas and we we talk a lot about entrepreneurship and something that we 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 both care about a lot and and when I talk to all these different founders so like one conversation that stands out to me is the conversation I had with Jeffrey Kaditz. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Jeffrey Kaditz, uh, Jeffrey is a, is basically one of the founders of a firm. And um, so a firm uh, is, so he, he basically co-founded a firm with Max Lefchin. And for the people that do not know who Max Lefchin is, Max Lefchin is basically a guy that if you've heard of, about the PayPal mafia, so Max Lefchin is basically one of the co-founders of PayPal, uh, together with Elon Musk, and and all the other guys. So uh, really, like an Peter entrepreneur, Thiel. and Peter Thiel. 
Yeah, exactly. So um, uh, one of the top guys uh, in Silicon Valley. Uh, and so Jeffrey is uh, ha happened to to be one of the co-founders of a firm. And a firm is, you know, for the one people that do not um, know a firm, a firm is basically um, kind of, it's, it's, it's the competitor, of, uh, one of the competitors of Klarna. So uh, buy now, pay later um, as, as a concept, basically. I'm actually not sure what the current valuation is, but it's 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 beyond six billion. So I mean, they they it's a stockless company. It's it's huge, right? It's a, it's a it's a crazy story. And and the ha whole having buy now pay later is a freaking crazy story. The whole buy now pay later is a crazy story on its own, right? I mean, we're probably going to talk about it later at some point, but it's like, yeah. I think flash deliveries and buy now pay later these are two yeah. which, to my mind, are like very 2021 in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. So. And, and, and uh, you know, having Jeffrey in the show, and I really connected with Jeffrey as a person because, you know, Jeffrey, like, so for the ones that haven't listened to the episode, go back, you know, go back and listen to that episode with Jeffrey because Jeffrey's an incredible, incredible human being uh, with, a, with a crazy story, a crazy work ethic, you know, attitude towards life and everything. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, and that really comes through to that episode. So, so what is know? one thing that you remember from that podcast? He's working on a company right now again for for a couple of years now uh, on a company that is in the health space mm -hmm. and he's doing that with incredible people so he's he's, he's so one of one of the co one of his co-founders on that company is uh is uh, michael snyder uh so mm -hmm. he's, he's like a, um he's the uh w one of the um let's say biggest people in in genetics so he's i think the the, the the chair of of, of uh, genetics the, at Stanford. Right. I mean, he was on the podcast too, right? Yeah, exactly. So he was that was a great podcast. episode too. I remember that one. That was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So the the work um, the work Michael is doing in his lab and, and uh, is 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 insane. Michael is also like a, an, an incredible person. Incredible work he's doing. So if you haven't listened to that, that podcast, podcast I also... it just that podcast. What I really liked is, I mean, I'm not in that field. But he gave yeah. such a good overview of the field and like, you know, went from macro to micro and just give you the trends. I was like, wow, in 40 minutes or so. I yeah. really like that one. Yeah, abs absolutely. And so uh, I'm also I'm, I'm very thankful for Michael to to have, you know, that, that he introduced me to to um, to Jeffrey. So going back again, so to, to what I remember from the conversation with Jeffrey is basically him saying, like, okay, I'm super privileged, you know, and I can think about, let's say for the next 10 years. I can think about, I can really work on things that help the world, mm. you know, that improve, that improve people's life on this planet. Interesting. And so that is, that, 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 that's a privileged place to be. That's not, that it's not, it's not just a privileged place to be. It is, um, uh, it's a calling then basically. No, no, it's mm. not a calling. It's a, um, so it's he sees like himself basically, to mm. have basically to to have the duty to to basically do this right not just like mm. to sit around and not do anything enjoy and enjoy early retirement or whatever but like okay you know for most people they they need to worry about like okay so you know um uh, bills uh health insurance you know where, where where's my money coming from you mm -hmm. know uh nine to five jobs etc all these things but you know him being in that position he sees it basically as as his duty to work on stuff you know to mm. move to move but things. it's also the type of people, right? I mean, indeed, exactly. he has yeah. all the things, like pieces of the yeah. puzzle right now to be able to create a lot of impact. Yeah. But it's yeah. also just once you're a doer, you're a doer. 
And I think that's Absolutely. one of the differences. Like if you're, you're talking about the fact that there are a lot of founders in the show, you know, we, we often talk about the difference of operators versus founders. Yeah. yeah. And once, once a founder, I feel like always a founder, you can't just not yeah. start things. Yeah, exactly. No. So, you know, that, that, that was definitely, that was amazing. And, um, you know, now we, we talked a lot about founders. So another thing that I, um, so that, that was kind of new, uh, for me as well. And, and kind of also for the profile of, 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 of guests was talking to researchers. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I mentioned Michael Snyder now, but I also talked to, talk to, uh, uh, Lin. She's, uh, she's the, um, a professor for biostatistics at, um, at Harvard. She used to be the, uh, the director of the biostatistics department. So she's like a person that also has a lot of experience and is doing like an incredible work uh, in the field. And she like, she was doing a lot of, so I talked to her, I think beginning of the year uh, and, and she did a lot of, she actually, so she told me about like a lot of the early work that she did on, on, on COVID. Mm. So when, when data was coming out, so she, um, it's incredible. So I, I remember, so from that, I remember that she was actually invited by, um, uh, by the UK government to uh, propose like for measures and stuff like that. So inc just incredible information that you can get from these people. And also the type of, I mean, you work a lot of, uh, a lot with researchers, right? So yeah. you, you know what I mean when, when I talk about, um, you know, that there's just a different depth to a conversation. Exactly um when you talk to a researcher right i think there are two things right i mean indeed I, I work with researchers a lot and i think there are two things one is depth but the other one is um pace yeah and, and i think they have to kind of go hand in hand right to get to that depth they can't keep up with the same pace as a founder for example but that's where i see incredible potential of matching these people towards really creating the value which is something which i still see not being practiced as much in real world, like anywhere in the world, right? Like being mm. Europe, US, I think it's a bit better. Uh, the relation between like founders and um, researchers are there are a lot more university startups, but that's something which we feel like at least in Europe or in the Netherlands, that's what I see is still, we're struggling with that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, those were not that those were not the the only researchers that I talked to. So I, again, you know, I agree with with what you just said, uh, especially on the comparison to, um, uh, to, uh, let's say the US to to Europe, for example. So I, I talked to, you know, I, I talked to so many, so many researchers from Stanford, mm -hmm. in particular, because obviously Stanford is a is a is a is a very special place. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's, I talked to so many researchers uh, in in Stanford uh, Stanford this year, uh, predominantly in the health space, kind mm. of to the you know with an intersection to to uh, to AI, um, and uh, you know when you talk to them, there's always always a connection to startups, always, not only in the sense of like okay that they have founded startups themselves, um, you know that that's obviously not always the case, um, but like. Uh, either through advisory or through mm. collaboration or whatever it is. Well, you that's know, because, so. I mean, startups are probably one of the best ways to take your research or findings and apply. So that's the best yeah. way to get to impact. Yeah, absolutely. So, and so this, so again, to, to kind of conclude on that, um, 
in terms of like the people that 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 I wanted to continue to have on the show. So um, you know, besides besides founders, um, I really enjoy having 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 researchers, you yeah. know, on the show, especially you know on, on that aspect that we that we just mentioned to when you want to talk about a specific topic, right? To 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 get this depth in in conversation, right? So yeah. And I think there's especially when you when you talk about um, tech and 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 tech businesses and, and te- or tech tech ventures, you know, if it becomes more specific, right, or or more, um, you know, more deep tech as as kind of the description, you know, you, you, there's no way around that. Mm. There's no way around talking to these type of people. So. Yeah, that's that's if if I oh, well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're realizing that, right? I mean, you're also active in the space, right? So and uh, and digital health. So I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing with researchers, very often, like they're not part of the conversation, and uh, and that's unfortunate. And the other way around, right? When it comes to founders, founders, like you know, it's a type of people who are like roaming around trying to find problems to solve. Researchers doing exactly that. But those are different people who are just focused on problem solving, but they're not that interested in taking it out to public or building something out of them. There are few that are able to do both, and those are incredible, right? I mean, we've seen those. But this is still where I see an incredible opportunity to A, share a good work of good researchers to broader audience, where we can still connect to people who are like interested and excited about that and trying to take that to the world. Yeah, absolutely. And then also because, you know, there's still a big difference between um, science and entrepreneurship, right? So huge difference. Well, I mean, um, there's, as, as we talked about the base and stuff, but also incentives, right? Exactly. I mean, the whole incentive exactly. structures are so different. I mean, a founder right. knows why they're doing what they're doing and they're seeing the outcomes for a researcher. I mean, there's this whole publisher parish um, discussion, right? It's just like your focus is on just writing and publishing. And that's all you yeah. care about. So once you've published, you're very often disincentivized actually to take it up further to spend more time on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's true. Um, so sounds good. 2022, and you know now you asked me a question. Now I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> um, Let's go. I mean, again, we know each other very well. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't actually know like how to. Uh, um, get that across to the audience of like how well we know each other, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs> we know each other very well. Let's, let's put it this way. <laughs> um, so, and you also have been listening to the show since day one. Uh, yeah. You've known about me being interested in podcasting and like, you know, starting my own podcast for... Um, since what, like 2017, since the day I've met you? <laughs> exactly, since the day, since like, the day we This met. podcasting thing is going to be big. I'm like, podcast? Who does that? Like, isn't that like old school or something? <laughs> yeah, but the funny thing also is like, yeah, this podcasting thing is, is going to be big. It was already big. So uh, for in, in, in the US as, as well, but like also in, yeah, uh, in, 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 in Europe. But yeah, n- n- never mind. So so what I actually wanted to ask you is, You've been listening to the show for, from from day one, and and we've talked a lot off record uh, uh, about things. But what is like something? So if you think back now, last year, what is something that you thought about? Like, okay, you know, this this guy should do this. Why why the heck is he not doing this? Mm. Or or maybe like, okay, what uh, you know, this guy should have this person on the show, or 
like I would change this or like something that you haven't told me or like just like a you know something about something I haven't told you I mean yeah we we talked about it right I mean it's um, some of the basic things I think we can also like uh, think about is um, probably like you know professionalizing the intros outros all that kind of stuff (laughs) (laughs) which we always have this debate about and you're like yeah (laughs) we'll we'll get to at some point I mean, I'm glad that at least you you picked up the mic and stuff. So now it hopefully sounds better. <laughs> and um, hope my audio, I mean, I'm sitting in Dubai with my makeshift uh, mic situation right now. So hopefully this is okay. Um, yeah. I would say doing speed rounds, like, you know, so quite often, like with um, when you introduce a speaker, just go through like five to seven fast paced questions just to get to know them. And just like mm-hmm. random stuff, which, uh, you know, you just use i mean sometimes it could be just personal sometimes could be like you know something from the past but like five cents speed round questions um just to break the ice or in the end i mean that's something which i've seen with some uh, other uh, creators do that and uh it it sets the pace uh, sets the pace i thought that's an interesting one that can be adopted as well yeah you you know actually what it's it's a fair it's a different approach but you know what i what i what i think about so if you analyze um, the question that I always ask, so it's always the same question, right? So the first question is basically addressing the mm. person or asking the person, hey, tell us who you are. Exactly. Where are you <laughs> yeah. why, why is that such a great question? It's because, you know, I mean, you can have a, you can have like a crazy successful person there, you know, like you can, like somebody that achieves uh, a lot on whatever you know, metrics to judge about, you know, but, but still there probably is this um, feeling of, an, of uncertainty that um, mm. the, the person has, right. When, when, when doing this um, also because of the fact that, you know, this conversation is basically being recorded, etc. cetera. Um, mm. I think that, you know, asking this question and then basically this person, person like going on for like a couple of minutes, you know, just talking about himself, herself, things that he her, uh, she knows right uh because they talk about themselves sure, right is is something that basically warms them up yeah. you know so they they i have a feeling that they get like they they let loose a little bit right they yeah. they, they 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 chill out for, for um for, for for a bit you know and then they they feel like way more comfortable to like you know to step in into True. into the unknown you know because yeah um for 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 our listeners you know because when you talk to a CEO of like a of a Fortune 100 company, or if you talk to uh, just like a, a I don't know a unicorn uh, entrepreneur or whatever, uh, you know them taking the time for the for the conversation is already a lot in their schedule. And then you know if if you would so none there's no questions that we send out before for the yeah. conversation <laughs> right and that's just because like to save the time that uh, for for you know them to 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 prepare or anything like that right so that's why it's always no, kind of like a i mean I, I agree right I, I think it did it does indeed serve a purpose right so it loosens them up but it also is interesting to observe i mean it's a it also gives um, uh, an audience a background of who they are to be able to be relatable right and the other thing is it's always interesting to listen to what the person says because that says a lot about like what they focus uh, on, because I mean, these are people with in- extensive backgrounds, right? And they could tell you so many things, but what do they choose to tell you in that period of time? It says a lot about themselves as well. So that 
I mean, it has a lot of elements to it, I guess. But yeah, I mean, that's just something which you could also include in the end. That's just one of the ideas. The other one which I thought about was probably like long formats, more like um, sit down with them and just record a chill out conversation. So these are a lot of interviews, right? But indeed, like what we're doing about inside ACR kind of thing. And um, you could probably do with just pick a topic with somebody who is very deep in that topic and just mm. like sit and discuss like, hey, what does it look like in 2030? Or mm. what are the macro and micro changes and what excites you? And like, so, and and just like have a discussion because indeed like when you interview, like it's mostly like one way in a way. So, so we could just like think about that. And th- and then that's not, that, that's not something that can work out with everybody. There are probably mm-hmm. few people that could be reinvited to the show over and over, but they should be of course experts in that field. And probably that's yeah. something that we build after like two or three conversations at least. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I thought about this as well. So like, I thought, I thought about like, okay, so in the inter- interview format, like what is there to change? Right. So like, because the thing is most of, so the, the, the average length of, of, of such an episode is like about 60 minutes hmm. and um, 60 minutes can go by fast, but they can also like, if the conversation is, uh, you know, it's not really like, if you don't get into a flow, then it like can seem long, but then again, you know, if you have a great conversation, 60 minutes are not a lot. And if, I mean, if you look mm. into, if you look at, especially in, in the US, if you look at Joe Rogan, or if you look at mm. like Lex Friedman, for example, like those are like podcasts that I know you and I are listening to. These guys basically having two, three, four hour conversations, right. you know, and, and it's crazy. I, and I, I thought about this, like, is this something, you know, that, that, that could be done? But then again, I am not sure. So, I mean, depends also on like, uh, when do people listen to to speech and right. repeat and like in what context yeah. you know i'm a person who generally consumes content at like 1.5 speed or 1.75 you that guy no i'm that guy <laughs> no i mean it's just like you know like generally like it's either for my like commutes which are pretty much non-existent nowadays uh, or it's just like for the gym so like there are periods of time that i pick out for my podcast yeah. and it needs to fit into that so if it's 60 minutes, I mean, of course, it depends on the pace of the conversation and stuff, but um, I would actually be curious. I don't know if there are stats on how many people listen at what pace, and that could also tell you some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think, I think, I'm not sure whether there's general stats. I think there's show specific. Um, but then again, maybe, maybe that's something that we're going to try. But I have a feeling that this conversation today is probably going to hit two hours, but let's see, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is it is twelve fifteen a.m. here in Dubai, but that, that's a three hour <laughs> difference. <laughs> right. So, you know, let me let me quickly run through just like you know a couple of points that I thought about for twenty twenty two. So, I mean, I mentioned inside SCR, right? So, I want um, or I basically thought about you know having inside SCR become a fixed format, you know, mm-hmm. and and having you basically on board, just because like. I know you that well, you know me this well, and we just have like our flowing conversation. It's just very, very good. We talk almost daily. Um, we, we share a lot of stuff. You know, we are um, both people that are um, consuming a lot, right? Mm. And um, the other thing is also why why you like beyond, uh, you know, beyond all the things that I just mentioned is just, so for the listeners who don't know, Raj has an incredible incredible background in the sense that 
actually okay why i'm actually uh, saying that so what i actually wanted to um say is your your international background so maybe maybe you just give like you know the the 30 second uh uh, explanation of like uh where you're coming from right yeah i mean if you look at me you probably think well well you can't see me right so <laughs> in this case you probably listen to me and i don't know i have probably this mixed international accent in english but like um uh, surprise surprise i was born and raised in ukraine and uh, though like if you listen to my name my name is raj right so you'll be like what kind of raj was born in ukraine uh, and my surname is chakraborty so well like, that's because i mean eth- ethnically i'm indian like uh, from west bengal but i was born and raised in kiev in ukraine so as a result i speak russian and ukrainian which is also surprising you would think like jonathan fafnrod that doesn't sound like he speaks russian either but we bonded over the fact that we both spoke russian and yeah. we're both very unlikely cases to be able to do that. And yeah, so oh. I was uh, spent 16 years in Kiev and then I spent a couple of years in Dubai where I'm here now. Uh, here now because my family lives here. And then last, I mean, what is it? Eight years almost. I've been living in the Netherlands and spent a bit of time in Russia and Moscow as well. So that's kind of my background. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, straight KGB connection there. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, and, and I mean, if, if, so if you listen to that, right, that obviously gives you an indication of, okay, this person kind of like is globally connected. And this is the case. So that's why, you know, you know, people all over the world, uh, you know, you, you went to school in different countries, you speak multiple languages, you know, your, your dad is an entrepreneur, you have been, you know, attached with entrepreneurship for since, since your early childhood, you know, um, we've been discussing business models at dinner tables since age eight. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, and, I, and, I, and when I met your parents, and you know, yeah. I, 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 it, I, I saw it right away, right? So I mean, I mean, we we spent New Year's 2019 yeah, together, true. and um, I, when I saw like, okay, you, you know, what is going on with this family? They're like sitting there <laughs> and like discussing like business models, you know, and then like uh, there's like I don't know, like a CEO of of like an energy company coming over uh, for for dinner, and then we're discussing. Uh, energy transitions in Africa is, I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? And so <laughs> this is, this, this just like gives you an indication of why, why, why you are a person, mm. you know, that, that kind of is a, is a big value add to that just because there's so many perspectives that, you know, and so many, so I appreciate many, that. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's true. So um, I'm, I'm very glad that we're, that we're doing this and um, it's going to be exciting. And, and I hope, you know, this as a first episode is going to be a banger and, <laughs> um, uh, and, and we're going to, going to produce some awesome stuff. So obviously, yeah. So that's kind of the first thing. Um, then it's first time setting metrics for myself mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the podcast or for the podcast. So, I've always been very. Well, are you gonna um, publicly state your metrics too? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm I'm, I'm scared. But um, you know, I've, I've I've been always, and you know that I've been always uh, very um, selfish driven with this podcast, right? I've always like so. I've always um, uh, have seen this basically as a, as a great great opportunity to connect with people um, in different industries all over the world, etc. Right, and just like to to ask the things that I'm interested in, right? Yeah. To just, just talk about things that I like, right? And to to get to get to get out amazing amazing stuff, right? Um, out of these conversations. But for me now, and I thought about this, and I'm like, okay, 
I, I'm, I'm satisfied with this. I think I've achieved this. You know, I, mm. I so I, my personal goal, I have achieved. Um, and now, so for the first time, I, I, I thought about this now. You know, I, I wanna, I wanna set, I wanna set myself goals that are quantifiable for for the show. You know, I wanna grow the, grow the the listenership. I wanna, um, I wanna, you know, connect with the audience. I wanna, I wanna try out new things, right? And I, um, so I, I wanna see it grow. So that's that's kind of like a second thing. And I think, I um, mean, on this, just by the way, like talking about connecting with the listeners, right? I mean, yeah. we often talked about the quality of re- listeners first over a quantity in a way, right? So yeah. who listens to Speed Change Repeat? And I mean, in yeah. a way, it would be amazing to also get to know more, right? There are people who are reaching out already now yeah. with specific, you know, suggestions, but also like uh, reviews. But like, I think that should be more like, hey, like if you're listening and then you have something to say, like, feel free to reach out to Jonathan, right? I mean, you probably can yeah. find me on on LinkedIn and um, yeah, just like pop by a message and see what's up because I think, I mean, it'd be great to get better understand why people listen. What are they getting out of it? What would their suggestions be? So, yeah. Yeah. And also obviously share the, you know, share the good, but also bad, bad things, you know, For like sure. what is annoying you? Like, what do you think sh- should be changed or what should be added or, you know, just like um, feedback. I, I think that's, that's just, yeah. Jonathan um, can handle criticism. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, um, upcoming guests and then thoughts behind it. Um, I mean, we, 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 in, in the re- review that we just like did, um, in terms of like, okay, talking to more founders and, um, I had, and you know, I had the struggle, um, f- for, for quite some time of like, okay, um, this idea of like, okay, the case for general, or picking a niche mm, yeah, in terms yeah. of the podcast. Yeah. So um, for the past, past let's say, 12 years, uh, 12 years, 12 months, <laughs> I mean, yeah, good luck with 12, like 12 years. 12 years, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, no, so for the past 12 months, I was like very deep in, in, in the health space, right? right. So I, I talked to so many people in so many different areas, and I really dug deep uh, and got, got, got myself, uh, got my hands dirty. You know, mm. and, and I was thinking a lot about this. Okay, so I, I do talk with uh, somebody in mobility. Then I talk with, I don't know, like um, uh, somebody in, 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 in the defense space. <laughs> I talk with somebody in, in, in the health space and whatever. You know, I think I, I almost like I, I think in, 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 since the first episode, I, I think I almost covered every industry there is. Um, and then I, I thought about this a lot. And um, then they kind of, okay, what are, what are the topics, right? What are the themes that are kind of like the underlying dominator kind of in, in these conversations, right? And it was always kind of, okay, tech, you know, the, the role of tech um, and then entrepreneurship, um, et cetera. And now I feel like, okay, um, again, now after, after looking back at, into that 2021, I feel like, okay, so, you know, talking to founders, and like really just like nerding out on mm-hmm. the possibilities um, that these different tools that we have, right? And through, through digital, right? What can you build, right? Mm-hmm. What can you do? And I don't care if you build a platform for, I don't know, selling whatever, or if you're um, developing a new drug, 
through some some sort of innovative method or whatever it is, right? So I I want to talk to to great founder. I want to hear an amazing story, and uh, so that's kind of like entrepreneurship as the underlying, um, you know, as as kind of an underlying dominator here. But then again, there's and actually I had this conversation uh, with uh, with Heiko Schilling. Um, mm. So I actually did not have a conversation. I just sent him an email. He replied. <laughs> well, Heiko is great. I, well, I, it's actually funny. Heiko is probably one, yeah one of the episodes that I did right in Amsterdam exactly. with him while yeah. he was still at TomTom. That was cool. Yeah, really great exactly. guy as well. Yeah. So actually, you know, shout out to to Heiko at this at, at, the, <laughs> at this point. Uh, great guy, amazing guy. Um, and he said, you know, just don't talk about tech just for the sake of talking about tech. Mm. And there's actually nothing wrong with having different interests and covering them, right? And then you know that I'm a huge fan of, of Lex Friedman's show, um, Lex Friedman's podcast. And he also mentioned that it's like, look at Lex Friedman's podcast, right? And um, that, that's, that's, that, that's absolutely true, right? So, I mean, he, he dives into different topics now, right? So he, he, he loves uh, history. So he has, he has history yeah. people on the show. He, 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 I mean, he's a, he's a straight up AI researcher, right? So he, the, the lots of stuff that he did in the beginning and, and still things that he does, right. Is talking with like um, researchers in the space, you know, um, and, and then very deep, deeply technical. But then again, he's like talking to, you know, his societal, you know, taking, taking up societal um, topics that are like, you know, big, for example, like one of the recent episodes he did was talking to the uh, CEO of Pfizer, you know, mm. and then just like to tackle. Um, How does that guy have time to do podcasts right now? <laughs> the I whole world is going crazy about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually don't know. No, but yeah, so actually to, to basically come to, to kind of, to conclude that one, um, you know, there's there's multiple topics right that that um that i'm interested in uh, but uh, you know entrepreneurship talking to founders is a, is a kind of a, as i said right underlying dominator but um you know there's um if you talk about niches right i mean i am i'm interested in and i'm very interested in health right and and and, and the possibilities for using technology there to improve that uh, so that's a lot of, of things that you can that, 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 that I'm going to do and um, and whatever else comes to my mind you know I'm also going to do and <laughs> and it should be I mean look a podcast is you think it's it's your it's the reflection of your curiosity exactly so that's number one that's and number two if I look for, you know if I come to like bring it together it's people who have been bold enough to think different right mm-hmm. and just uh, questioning the things in their industries and rethinking reimagining them and, yeah. and it's and it's builders, right? So generally, it's like, um, I mean, what what is interesting in your podcast, and what you also like, what I really like about the podcast is it's not just like, okay, so what are they up to, but how did they get there? Like, and there's so many stories where like, wait, how did you, well, how are you doing this? But you started like with history, or you started with like, mm. you know, something so different, but you end up being head of AI, and like, yeah, and that just opens up so many perspectives, and be like. Well, you might be thinking, it's like, oh, I never studied AI. How can I be of use there? And, yeah. and that's so, and that's also remarkable. So it's not just like, it's just, it's the people who dare to think different 
mm-hmm. get get to also be prominent in the space and yeah. their stories, right? I think the storytelling is what really sets it apart. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I mean, there's, the thing is also the, the world is, you know, super, super connected in the sense of like, you cannot just like look one dimensional. No, it's impossible. Sure. It's impossible. And, you know, like one of the episodes that actually opened my, you know, opened my eyes for this was um, actually like one of the last episodes I did um, or the last episode I, I, I published, um, you know, in, in December, which was with uh, Andreas Schumacher. And um, he's basically the head of strategy and M&A at uh, Infineon. And Infineon is basically one of the largest semiconductor companies. Uh, so one of the top 10 semiconductors uh, in the world. And, um, you know, this entire um, uh, crisis in, in the chip industry, mm. you know, if you dive deep into this, you'll understand like, okay, you, can, you cannot just like look at technology. No. Mm you like very quickly go into geopolitics exactly very quickly yep and and this is something like this is also something like so that that so actually so when i was doing this episode and i was doing my research before that you know i was like holy shit and 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 when i start like after this like i I started to look at things very differently like now and now i'm like okay you know this is something that you cannot that you cannot neglect. So if, if you talk about this, this is something that you need to cover as well. This is something that you need to observe as well. You need to have it on your radar. If you don't have it on your radar, then you cannot have the full picture. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and so kind of looking at, you know, kind of teasing a little bit here. Um, you know, I did my homework. I told you, I did my homework. I, <laughs> I We have amazing amazing people coming up on the show CEO of a of a of a scale up that just i don't know raised four over 400 million in, in in last summer we have the so actually two that i'm actually gonna name drop um we have the founder of reebok joe foster mm-hmm. uh and uh, another one which i'm very excited about very very excited about is um the co-founder of the Aura. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, Eri Blatella. I hope I pronounced his name right. So I'm, I'm super, super excited about this one, just because I, I think the space, you know, it's just like it's just scratching the surface. Um, it's and it's insane. Like the scale at which uh, these companies are already right now. You know the the, the the amount of people that are having these devices, it's insane. And, you know what um, I was thinking today, just speaking of that, of Aura and like these devices, I mean, I was just like talking today with my dad during lunch and I was just looking at around and in Dubai, the obesity problem is significant, mm-hmm. right? People are not moving much. And um, yeah. so I was like, why is health not an obligation for people? Like in the sense that like, why, why is it something that is not prescribed by government. I mean, of course, I mean, uh, if you talk about freedom, people are going to be like, yo, you know, I want to be able to choose, but like sports and like being active is something which is um, proven to be of help to people. But so many people don't focus and like don't give the right attention to sports. I do feel like over time, like as healthcare costs rise, 
like now 2022 we have more people struggling like with overeating than undereating mm. like uh, and that's crazy and in developed countries that's a significant problem so i feel like over time like we'll see cities or governments convincing and be like you know what why don't we give you these devices out for free for example that's just like a hypothesis but we want you to measure your health we want you to improve your health outcomes otherwise you might your insurance premiums and all other services will go up i mean it's not of course privacy people will be like oh my god what are you talking about mm-hmm. listen i mean <laughs> corona has just showed us like you know privacy is just like you know we're ready to forgo a lot of privacy issues when we need to solve something and i think this whole uh obesity epi- epidemic will be big as well yeah i just want to yeah. right no yeah absolutely and this so this is something like this topic is just why i'm so passionate about passionate i, I hate the word passionate but you know <laughs> passionate i hate the word passion <laughs> classic jonathan why i care so much for you know tackling this on the podcast as well and having people on the podcast um that are working in the space mm-hmm. that are working in the health space it's just that tell me something else where there's so much meaning to your work mm. and that's how i feel like i mean like obviously yes you can find them uh or there's a bunch but just like if you've ever been in the position where you needed to worry about um your own health or somebody you know somebody else's health that is close to you like family member or whatever like you will understand like okay when it comes to that point nothing else matters mm. I think food and health are probably the two industries that are relatable to everybody. Yeah. It's just like there's no way out, right? Exactly. And when it matters, it matters. Yeah. Yeah. And those are and you know the other thing is that solving things or like okay, there's maybe two perspectives, like creating value and then solving solving problems. So creating value there's lots of lots of things you know to to fix to improve to whatever you know like as there is in every industry so mm. creating value yes there's there's um there's low hanging fruits but like solving problems in health is not a, like it's it's not something that you can do quickly it's not something you know it's not just like develop an app and that's it yeah so yeah i mean i think there are many fundamental issues right i mean we look at and the pandemic is just making it visible you know mm. like i was just uh, listening to the chief uh, health uh, officer of uh, philips and he said mm. that every fourth professional in the net every health, fourth health professional in the netherlands is reconsidering their job or willing to quit their job wow and and that's concerning i mean if we start yeah. losing you know people because of fatigue and just getting mm. tired of this and not getting enough of support and pay for what they do i mean our health systems are going to collapse i mean in us it's absolutely unsustainable the prices of healthcare that's mm-hmm. that's one and like you know we we might have the availability but the availability to few and that's not going to work i mean there's so many things that we need to rethink from monetization to training can we afford training doctors for 6 8 years when mm-hmm. uh, people when kids are thinking oh why should i even go to uni i can be a youtuber or whatever that's apparently yeah. the most aspired profession for kids right now you know so yeah. i think there are fundamental questions in health that we need to you know tackle 
Yeah, absolutely. And and so and what I just want to quickly wanted to say is um in terms of digital health is that's why I want to do it is because you know if you think about digital health, right? Um it's not just like it's it's not a vertical, it's like a mm-hmm. collection of multiple sub verticals. So many things, right? Uh that 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 you can do, so many problems that you can solve, so many areas that you can be in. And that's why, you know, that's why I want to cover them. I want to have amazing people there. And um, just as a last one, so in terms of the the kind of people that are going to be, um, that are going to be in the show, I want to have cases on the show Mm. where you're like, when you're listening to this, so I want to, I want to have people on the show when you're listening to this, like where they're coming from or uh, what they do, that you're shocked by the fact that you have never heard of them. Mm just because like it's because it's crazy hmm. and there's a couple of them and you know i'm, I'm not gonna give away any names but just like when when, when you hear some facts when you're some like when you when you when you get some data on, on on the things they do and then you like you will be shocked that you have never heard of yeah. that person so we're before. talking about wow moments exactly yeah and and so i'm, I'm gonna give the stage to these type of people all right. Hard to find. I'm looking. For, I'm looking forward, but maybe just like for, for. Let's just put it out there. Who's one person that you would want to see in 2022 come on speech and repeat? Just one. You only get one shot. Just one. Yeah. Oh, jeez, that's difficult. Right. Okay. Actually, um, I mean, there's a lot, right? I know, I know. That's why I put it. There's a lot. A bunch now. There's a bunch, yeah. But I feel like, like one of the things that probably will me, like, what would make me happy, like, will make mm. me happy a lot. Um, just because I've, you know, even though I've never met the person, but um, I mean, uh, him being a um, a content creator, uh, I know like uh, the things he shared, he 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 likes about or he cares about. Um, me knowing, okay, there's so many, you know, touch points we have mm. um, that I would really enjoy having a two, three, four hour conversation with this person. Um, so if I would have to choose one, it would be Lex Friedman. Mm. You know, I'm so I'm, yep. I'm a little bit fan, fan, <laughs> I'm a little bit fanboying here right now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, let's see. I mean, let's see what 2022 is going to bring. Maybe we'll make it happen. Sounds good. Don't forget about the handshake rule, right? Six people. I think in this case, probably two. Uh, so probably one. I'm probably not sure. One. Yeah, probably <laughs> one, one or two. Yeah. 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 I mean, we, we, we've, we've done this for a couple of people, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and generally, names. like whoever we pick, it's generally between like two and three, like or one to three, right? It's like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, bro, there's, there's, there's some, some, some big people that are, that are at one. True. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I think I, flex. yeah so just slight flex <laughs> no, <laughs> so never mind um okay so we do have some plans for this topic right i mean we spent probably an hour now for the review and the um and the outlook but hey whatever um this is this is what it is right um we do have some topics right so inside ser what do we want to do so inside ser we do have we as i said right we're going to take two three four topics and then we're just gonna um, talk about the things that we have on our mind for these topics. Um, you know, what is going on there? Uh, what do we feel like uh, is worth sharing or to talk about? And um, 
so what was the what was the first thing that we wanted to to cover i think um it was vc the VC, <laughs> and specifically okay that vc sounds very broad specifically the vc landscape so and i know you, you have, yeah exactly and you've been thinking a lot about that so yeah what's your take vc has just gone wild it's okay just i think personally the whole concept of vc i mean it definitely is value creating right so risk capital overall it was needed and is needed for startups because i mean most of the time it's just like a bunch of dudes with an idea to just have a big dream right so who's gonna finance them if not vc so or angels right so this uh, i mean it's a new kind of investment uh, group I mean, new in the sense, like it just really blew up in the last couple of years. And somehow in pandemic, I mean, as money became free pretty much with all the giveaways by governments, I mean, VC became like one of the hottest ones. And we've seen this year just ridiculous investments, right? From, I mean, I look at the flash delivery market, like what the hell happened there with all the get here and Zap and uh, Gorillas. And I mean, even in just in my city, right in Rotterdam, like all four of them are there. And they're just fighting with each other. I mean, as a customer, I love it because all of them are just giving discounts like crazy. And we have seen this with scooters. We have seen it now with uh, flash deliveries. Yeah. But, I mean, I have my concerns with VC as a concept right now. I do feel like, I mean, I'll put it out there. We're going to see a VC pop in like two years. I'll give it 2024. What he's confident with dropping... <laughs> dropping specific well i know that's one of the questions you do right on the show is like hey what's your prediction i just gave it to you before you even asked for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but um you know i i tend to think about this that um financial markets are crazy right so everything <laughs> just the whole thing is crazy you no know, i mean everything is crazy so if i mean if you talk to people you know, and if you look at the data, everything is at an all-time high, right? So mm. what, whatever but asset what class, take, I don't get that. Take whatever asset class you want to take, yeah, and look at it. It, you know, it's 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 crazy. Stock market, crazy. Real estate, crazy. <laughs> Gold, crazy. Crypto, even crazier. Yeah, but so yeah. and 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 you know, we're happy to buy digital monkeys these days. I mean, that's cool. Well, and even that is crazy, right? Uh, so I, I mean, you've sent me that meme, right? So. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> that meme of like, you know, comparing, comparing our uh, our parents' generation of like, hey, I bought this house, which I am happy to to have done because I'm gonna grow kids, and then they have, they're gonna have kids, and they're gonna all come to this house, and it's gonna be great, great investment for myself. And then, mm -hmm. meanwhile, you know, 2022, I just bought this digital cat, <laughs> digital salmon. I'm like, wow, <laughs> digital salmon, yeah. Um, no, but yeah. I mean. So everything is 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 going crazy, right? Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, then you have um, different types of crises. You have supply shock, shock. You have for sure um, um, inflation. Geopolitical. You have exactly geopolitical um, problems. There's all sorts of things. The world is at a crazy, crazy. I don't know, cra cra crazy times. That that's that's just what is going on. And and um, so that's why if you take this 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 notion of alternative asset class, right? So uh, in a traditional sense of, okay, you, you spread your portfolio, okay? And um, now what do you do if, you know, all the asset classes you've ever known, and I mean, <laughs> they've always been the same, right? You, you just like, okay, um, 
um, small, small returns, right? You go a little bit safer, then you do have some risk spreading. And then, I don't know, and everything is like crazy. Like, what do you do, right? So uh, I remember if you look at, I remember like reading a couple of, a couple of years back, basically, I was reading like this, um, and then it, it was an older book from like 2006 or something like that, or seven, or I, I'm not sure, okay? It's a, it's a US author, uh, so also some some guy that's big in the big in the VC game for for decades then, um, and I remember the I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was basically like okay comparing VC, um, so the um, if if you look at a portfolio, a typical portfolio mm-hmm. of like um, spreading basically uh, the funds, right? How much right. like uh, traditionally was put into VC, right? So kind of that it's it's it, it uh, showing or that it was really kind of um, visible that okay VC is not really like this 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 there's not really big focus on that mm. but things have shifted right and and they're gonna shift even more because so there's there's this conversation of like okay so the next you know the next generation of of SMEs the next generation of you know your big big companies are going to be tech companies so that's like there's that's why there's like all this, all this money being available now, new funds emerging. I mean, um, there's this big difference, right, between the U.S. and Europe. And now you have um, um, it becomes more frequent. Like for example, I, I, I look, I look a lot at Germany, obviously, being based here, and you know, now you have a couple of like um, hundred million dollar funds. Mm. Like a few years back, that was not the case. And then, like there, there's different types of funds, right? There's now funds for, um, for climate. You so know, there's for, uh, for, for, so there are specialized funds. That's true. But where's the money coming from? That's a good question, and I have not really an answer. I'm not sure. So I mean, what what, what I do not know is... the distribution of the I, I do not know the distribution of the LPs. So yeah, I mean. It, it, look, I mean, it is coming, right? So it is coming from public markets, but then public markets are growing, right? So what we see is interesting. So I think people are from pub, like who would traditionally invest in public markets now investing in VC, but then there's a lot more retail investors in public money. So there are whole sorts of shifts that are happening. We see also VC. <laughs> um, we basically what we like observe is, I mean, there's the kind of flywheel effect, right? So there's a lot more founders who now have exited and now are building funds or have already some capital. And then they're inviting mm. other people with similar uh, intention because they know, they know the craft, they can help. And we see like, um, I mean, venture capital is also smart capital, right? It's not just a money bag of money, right? It's expertise plus, plus network plus money. Um, so, so yeah, so that's also interesting to observe that this is kind of like people who have done it and trying to help the others. But in a way, indeed, I mean, what we're looking at is funding the new economy. So the old economy was funded by banks and like debt, and the new economy is being funded by venture capital. Right. Now it has its flaws, it has its strengths, and it's also a model that will go through iteration, right? We kind of accepted that this is how it's going to be, right? Funds are generally 10 years old. There's an L- there are a bunch of LPs, there's like a managing partner, you know, there's a set fee and all that kind of stuff. And when can you exit and all that kind of stuff. But like, I do really think that the concept of venture capital has to change because it's not the best for 
funds and it's also not necessarily the best for founders. I mean, founders often start companies because they're looking for freedom. And one thing they lose when we're <laughs> getting into <laughs> becoming venture funded is that freedom. So, so we see that companies are willing to be bootstrapped and unfunded for longer. So yeah, there, there are certain changes and observations, I think, which will yeah, re-envision re re venture capital, I think. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think for um, difficult challenges, for the difficult ideas, right? So for the problems that are not easy to solve, mm. where you just need time and money, right? You, you need, right? And, and that, I mean, that was something that was criticized a lot uh, over the years in Europe. Uh, you know, now clearly that is picking up, right? You have larger funds um, mm -hmm. appearing. You have the U.S., coming over right you, you see sure. funds, funds uh, from the u.s uh you know looking more and more in, into into europe and um i mean europe outperformed us this year you know yeah. there's, there's new just 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 some numbers for you right so there were like uh 121 billion euros raised uh, this year in 2021 which is three times more than in 2020 three times in one year yeah, hundred new unicorns registered in 2021. Like, what the hell are we talking about? Is that for Europe or is it for just for, for Europe? Wow. So, so that's that's significant. I mean, that just says a couple of things. It's not that these companies didn't exist; it's just that they got the attention now. Yeah. So, of course, it's not like you know, overnight there were hundred unicorns. I mean, okay, some companies kind of literally came out of nowhere, like Gorillas. I mean, it's like what a 16, 18 month company and all the flash deliveries, <laughs> they're all like 2018, 2019, 2020 founded, but majority have been there for a while, right? We're talking about Bolt, we're talking about mm. UiPath, we're talking about Salonis, all those guys, yeah. Uh, Miro. Yeah, they've been there for some time. Yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. And, you know, the other things, I mean, you, you said it, right? So there's, there's crazy things happening, but there's also good th things happening. And I think that will always be the case, right? So if there's more money, there's going to be crazy things. There's going to be crazy deals. But then there's also going to be deals that are finally happening because there's mm -hmm. more money available, right? Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I, I talked to this, um, talked to a VC uh, that I uh, have much respect for just because he's incredible, incredible individual, great guy to talk to. Um who says like, yeah, obviously things are crazy, right? We have valuations uh, that are, you know, 100x ARR. <laughs> so, or, or sometimes there is no revenue. So it's like zero yeah. times whatever you're exactly. not going to get with the valuation. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and uh, obviously um, that, that there's there's crazy things. And I, I think there's just this... Um, for 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 people that are that are looking to to start companies i think it's just very important to like understand of okay so what do you want to build mm. right like how big do you want to go yeah how big like and and what money do you like what money is smart for you to take exactly oh we talked about this a lot right i mean this is exactly like you know of course it's like you know mark zuckerberg and all these guys made this so hard yeah. to build the unicorn and the whole concept of unicorn i was talking to a friend of mine who's a dentist and she's like what are unicorns like why do i hear this term right i mean and this whole concept uh, has been created and that's become like the rhetoric that you gotta be that kind of company otherwise you're nobody but 
I mean, oftentimes, like, I mean, what I'm concerned about now is there's obsession with valuations rather than building actually good companies. Because good companies in the end of the day, if they are not profitable and if they're not growing their, you know, as businesses employing more people, I don't know if they're still great businesses. So, so, and you know what is surprising now is that VCs, of course, have always been looking out for the best products and best teams. Mm-hmm. But it also seems like what are the companies that they can invest now, which have a high valuation potential, not necessarily which ones are going to be best businesses. So that's, I mean, you know, I'll play the more of the devil's advocate, I guess, uh, when it comes to VCs with you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, um, you know, still exciting times, right? So, I mean, it's 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 not it's not going to get boring. So uh, now, but the thing, sorry to interrupt, but like, look, yeah. VC as a concept, I think it's going to rise in twenty twenty two. We'll probably see a lot more big deals again. But and what we see is like still, even if you look at Europe, right? Europe uh, was under a big time underinvested, and we mm. still have significant opportunities, right? So so what we see indeed is a lot of U.S. funds funding European companies and a, a lot of the scale ups like, you know, series C, series D are American money because Europe hasn't unlocked its money. Like, I mean, look at Netherlands. I was just uh, like looking at tech leave and Prince Constantine, you know, Prince mm. Constantine, shout out to him as well. Um, I mean, he's been talking about a lot that we need to unlock the money from pension funds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know how much of pension funds uh, money is now invested in VC? Mm. It's ridiculous. It's 0.018%. And you know how big pension funds in Europe are? Like $3 trillion. So, so there, there is money. I mean, Europe is a rich continent. It has had a lot of money. It has money. It's just its distribution is very different. And risk as a concept has been kind of, you know, difficult <laughs> to convince investors in Europe, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just to just to conclude that, I think we're living in very exciting times. Oh, for sure. It's for crazy. Sure. Like sometimes it's scary. And there's definitely a lot of things if you dive a little bit deeper into them that are scary. But then again, those are some very exciting times. Like, I don't know if it's scary. I mean, it's scary for some. But I think we are in the best place right now. I mean, being young, being in this space, having an understanding of how, you know, being privileged to be able to talk to the right people puts us in a great position right now. So I'm more excited than scared at this point. But indeed, if somebody writes me a check of 100 million, I think I'll freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. There's... um... There's a second category. So let's let's move forward. You know, but let me just uh, to transition right. into that. One thing that I find extremely exciting about Europe, like because I'm going to Europe, is yeah. that uh, so I briefly mentioned the flywheel, right? So it takes time to build an ecosystem. Yeah. Right. So what we see in US is uh, a successful company kind of breeds a number of new um, people who start doing like PayPal Mafia we talked about, right? Mm. Look at all mm-hmm. of the what all the guys have been up to afterwards and how many new successful companies and investments they've yeah. made. That's what we are starting to see in Europe. So successful exits, money being redistributed and new companies coming up, a new type of investment 
academies. I mean, look at Corinne, for example, Corinne Vigro from TomTom um, mm. Tom started Code. I'm a free uh, coding uh, school. Mm. So we're gonna mm. we're starting this uh, basically the whole ecosystem coming together. And one yeah. thing compared to US, I mean, we talk about this a lot, right, Jonathan? That like in US, the culture of just building is so much more and people are much more open to share. I think that's one thing that is holding back Europe in a way. But I think it's getting there. Like I'm hearing more and more people talking about startups. Like when I was in Berlin, like last summer, the vibe is there. So yeah, and it's going to spread. It's going to sp- spread like wild, wildfire. So that's what I'm excited. Like I was thinking for myself, like at 25, should I be in, should I be in San Francisco? Should I be in Europe? Should I be in Shanghai? Well, Shanghai has been closed kind of for some time now. So mm-hmm. that's out of the equation a little bit, but, uh, I think Europe has a lot to go grow because the work ethic is there. A lot of R&D, which has been hidden in companies and universities. So I'm excited for that. So that's kind of like yeah, my wrap up of why I'm excited about, yeah, yeah. startups and stuff. And, and uh, I have, yep. I have two facts. I have, so just two things to add to that. Let's go. One mentioned people starting um, people that are in the fast growing companies that are then becoming successes. Mm. And then people that have been part of that going ahead and starting companies. There's um, there's there, that, that is incredible. So I saw, I saw a LinkedIn post by a founder um, of a uh, digital health company in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, they raised, um, it's, it's one of the bigger, bigger ones. So I, th- I think they, they raised, um, probably between 40, I'm not sure. So, but I know that it's between 40 and 70, somewhere, somewhere on that. I don't know the exact number. Mm-hmm. So 40 and 70 million. Um, so big. And, um, so he made a post, uh, basically that from, so he's like, yeah. So back in the days when we were at uh, food Panda, Mm. Um, so from the, from the initial team there and everything that, um, over 150 people started ventures. Hmm. Think about that. That's insane. That's insane. That is insane. And so actually, so one of the, um, one of the, uh, uh, one of the major advices I got like throughout the last years, like, okay, so if you think you want to start a business, right. And you are just that person that just like, okay, goes ahead and just starts a company, right. And you're starting a company. So actually like I got multiple, I got multiple things that were told that, that, that I got told. So it's like, okay, so if you think about whether it's right to start a company, then you're not ready. <laughs> if you, if you want to start a company that you're going to start a company. And then another thing was like, okay, so if you, if you just, like, so again, if you question the thought, right, mm. then it's probably better. And But you think that it is really something that you want to do, then it's probably better if you join a fast-paced company. Oh, my God. You don't know how many times I've heard that. They're like, join <laughs> a Series A company, grow with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you know that craft and then start. Yeah. Absolutely. But we've always tried to hack the system, right? <laughs> exactly. Hack the system. Um, okay. Let's move forward. Um, All right. For real. So I'm going to drop something that is going to, so that's the next topic. Um, probably um, our listeners are going to be like, okay, what the heck? Um, Eastern Europe. 
<laughs> or as I want to actually how I want to introduce the next the next topic uh, uh, the great unlock <laughs> great unlock so we both I mean and we said it right so we both speak Russian we uh, know the culture we understand the culture of um, uh, Europe um, predominantly let's say the former uh, former Soviet states yeah. and we as as I mean not just like okay knowing the language understanding the culture knowing the culture but we also know the 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 pros and the cons hmm. you know of, of 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 the entire region we know what is what is great about it and I think I have a feeling that a lot of a lot of people in the West especially in Europe but then again, I sometimes feel like, okay, I, I just believe that that's the case. So I, mm-hmm. I believe that a lot of people are not aware. And I think a lot of people are not aware. But then again, I think people that that know, they know. So, <laughs> and so I mean, that sounds a little bit weird. But we, so what we, you and I um, started to discover throughout the last years is like, holy shit. Yeah. Something is going on. And it's not... It's, and it's not a small, small thing. Mm. And uh, I know you have started to started to to dig deeper. Um, I started to dig a little bit deeper. And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm just curious. So what are some of your observations? What, yeah. you know, I mean, we, we just, I, I have a feeling that like if people are listening to this right now, they're like, okay, what, what the heck are these guys talking about? <laughs> so don't <laughs> <Yeah>, get it. <laughs> Uh, I mean, one is a German passport holder. The other one is the Indian passport holder. Like, why are they talking about Eastern <laughs> Europe? <laughs> but exactly. hey, I mean, once you get to know us, you'll understand that, like, you know, this is such a such a soup. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm exactly. a soup. You're a soup of your own. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, Eastern Europe, I am just passionate. Yeah, we agreed not to talk about passion. <laughs> but this is something that I'm really passionate about. I mean, in a way that, like, I just love the region. I mean, uh, yeah. so I, as I told, right, so I grew up in Ukraine, in, in Kiev, 16 years there. So I speak Russian and Ukrainian, spent six months in Moscow, have incredible friends from there. You know, some of the most genuine people, incredible hospitality. And one of the things that I was, I've been always a big, uh, I would say, ambassador for the region. So more for just general things that, hey, this is not a place where you should be scared off and like it's not just where you know there's a president on the bear like what the hell like you know the kind of stuff you hear or like one of the things i remember is like when i was moving to moscow for um for six months like one of like my friends was like yo don't get shot i'm like come on like wake up like look at what's going on like moscow is probably one of the most advanced cities out there and one of the safer cities as well so uh but now i mean coming to the topic that tech in this, in post-Soviet countries has been booming. We talk about Russia, but more importantly, I think I'm looking at Ukraine, I'm looking at Belarus, and it's been incredible. And there are a number of reasons for why these regions are really growing. One of the things is very ironic, like instability and challenges of doing traditional business are causing people to focus their attention on tech. Look at, for example, Belarus. Like Belarus is still Europe's 
like left, like the only dictatorship in a way. I mean, in Western words, if you use it, and it's not easy to grow and establish a traditional physical business. You know, it's highly watched, and anything that succeeds can be taken away. Blah blah, all that kind of stuff. If you're a found, if you're like a young, ambitious person, you're probably going to go into tech because you're probably going to register a company somewhere else and just cater to a global market. As a result, I mean, we have seen such incredible products from Belarus and Ukraine. People have no idea that that's where they come from. Like one thing about like about Ukraine, do you know like the biggest like secondhand or like e-commerce store in um, Nigeria is designed and operated from Ukraine? And there are tons more, which you're like, what the hell? This is this is what I meant about you know people and the things they do and the numbers behind it. When you when you hear about that, like you got goosebumps. Yeah. Like you, 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 it does not, it does not make sense. You're like, how the hell did I not hear about this? So now what you said, like, so biggest, second biggest marketplace or whatever, you know, and there's like a bunch of these examples. I mean, I'll give you more public ones. I mean, okay, go this ahead. year, like, let's go with Grammarly. I mean, that saves yeah. me all the time <laughs> with my typos yeah. and stuff, right? Grammarly yeah. this year became a data Data corn, that's the yeah, term nowadays, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. 10 billion, 10 billion valuation. That's yeah. a Ukrainian company. The guy sitting in Lviv and just build mm-hmm. it up. Or like GitLab, that's another one from Ukraine. And um, there are some consumer products like Reface and a few other ones. But, and, and there's of course many where there are, you know, Ukrainian founders that have just gone into and set up American companies. And uh, yeah, and then you were like, really? That's a Ukrainian product? Like Grammarly? I was like... I, I love using the product. And I was like, wow. So it's the Ukrainians that are helping the world, you know, improve their English. That's hilarious on its own, right? <laughs> yeah. Actually, that actually is insane. And, you know, let's, before we drop any more crazy examples, okay, let's rewind a little bit. So people, sure. people will be like, okay, um, okay, what the heck? All right. So, what what is going on? Why why is this the case? Okay, and I think that just because people have forgotten. Okay, so there's this um, Lex Lex Friedman. So again, uh, I mean, uh, sorry for uh, fanboying all the, all the time here, but so I mean, it's 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 basically one of my favorite podcasts I'm listening to. So again, shout out Lex. Um, so he he did he, he did a third conversation with Elon Musk um, yeah. a couple of uh, days or weeks ago. Um, and so he, he talks about, uh, and like, uh, about, um, he talks, he asks, uh, Elon Musk, what he thinks about Russia. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and that's because, you know, uh, likes, uh, Lex was born in Russia, um, moved to the U.S. when he was 13, I think speaks Russian, um, knows the culture, um, everything. So, and he asked him and, and then basically, uh, Elon, um, talks about like how um, how fascinated. So actually, you know, when he started to to work on SpaceX, you know, the things they were looking at, they were looking at the you know the the plans, and I think they 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 were actually thinking about um, using the plans of of um, again, what was the name of the Soviet Union uh, space uh, space program? No, no, no. So the, the name of the Soviet Union sp- uh, space program, what is it called? 
Um, okay, never mind. I forgot it. So, anyways, they were looking at the the, the plans and um, uh, you know, off from back of the days uh, when the Soviet Union was building rockets, you know, to kind of as a base, and they were like, and mm. he's he's fascinated. So he was looking at the stuff they were doing just because they were so so much advanced. And I think people tend to forget that yeah. you know there was a space race. There was a space race between. Um, you know, the exactly. United Nation, uh, United States and the Soviet Union. And people tend to forget how much or how big of, a, of an empire the Soviet Union was and mm. how much resources they put into uh, or f- uh, put into financing um, <laughs> sciences, you know, and, and, and education. And um, people, so, and, and that is so, when, when the Soviet Union break, broke down, that was so one of the things that was left over in all of these now separate states, separate countries was the great education in math, in physics and so on. And that's why, and, and that is basically kind of the, what is the word, uh, uh, the word for that, the um, inheritance of that. That's why you have so many, hackers that's why you have so many people that are able to code and now coupled with um obviously not the same opportunities as we have in the west right not the same standards of living um coupled with that and the insane work ethic and hunger of the young generations is yeah in my opinion that's why i'm calling it the great unlock right is that is insane yeah i i think just just to add a few things number one ussr was the first country in the world to put a astronaut to space you know that's not a thing that you can just do right so just think about the research the type of people the discipline that that required at that time to be able to put an astronaut to space. So they beat us to that. And there are multiple other, other things. I was recently watching about a, a documentary about Ukraine and it's, um, uh, let's say they're a nuclear, uh, let's say warheads that they had developed. And then after fall of Soviet Union, they had to get rid of them. But the kind of technology they had was not just on par, but it was in many cases superior to what U.S. had. And that's exactly why U.S. was so scared. And, you know, after the fall of Soviet Union, um, the president at that time would come to Ukraine so often until to make sure that, you know, they get rid of uh, nuclear powerheads and all that. Because this country was so capable. And, but, you know, country may, it, it went through a lot of instability and went through a lot of government changes and so forth but its people are still there. You know, the Soviet bloc, uh, ex-Soviet bloc still uh, enjoys the 100% literacy rate. Like where else in the world do you have that? Like many developed countries, majority of developed countries cannot tell that they have even 95% literacy rate. Um, and the other thing is crisis really sharpens the knife, right? Or, sh- or sharpens the minds in a way. These people have so much of hunger to just develop and deliver Many of them have left the country, which is unfortunate, of course, for the region. Like most, like there's so many, like look at founders of big companies. They'll probably find a Russian name behind from Sergey Brin to many more. Uh, but 
what has been interesting is now like why why now like why not like 10 years ago is because it took some time for this region to recuperate in a way and find a way how to get to the market go out there and talk about itself it took some time to learn the language because of course i mean russians or speaking people were not really english friendly english was not really taught so so it took some time and the other thing is you know in soviet union it was a planned economy everything was um, whatever you produced was being bought. So you never learn how to sell. It took some time for people to learn that you need to be customer centric. And that's still a challenge with the older generation, but young people, it's a whole different story. So, and I'm fascinated by like the transformation that's happening. And I mean, speaking of like talent, right? So you talked about it. I'll, I'll just give you some numbers on that. Um, Ukraine right now has the highest number of uh, first in Europe in terms of tech talent, 23,000 IT specialists coming out of Ukrainian universities every year. I mean, it's a big country. I mean, I bet a lot of people on the show wouldn't know like what the po- like population of Ukraine is. It's 42 million people, right? So it's a big country. It's the largest country in Europe in terms of the size of the country. And, and that's growing. I mean, they're so, you know, they're, about 240,000 IT specialists right now, which is to double by 20, by 2024, because there's a lot of attention and support. And that's also really becoming the, you know, very, like the primary export product of Ukraine. People realize that tech is where you make your money. And once that becomes the rhetoric, everybody wants to be in it. And that coupled with indeed the right work ethic really and like very strong educational background i think like that's what makes it exciting that's what i mean i think you rightly called it the great unlock like we're gonna hear a lot more success stories from there absolutely so um just quickly космическая программа ссср you just had to drop something russian and people like what the hell did he say um i mean now the 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 uh, you know, since there's no more Soviet Union, it's uh, Roscosmos, mm. or the um, National Space Program of, of Russia. But again, you know, just to to to, to go deeper into this, um, the world has changed, and uh, it is super connected, right? I mean, we talked about uh, in the beginning about um, you know when 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 COVID hit, and now like what what was the implication for this podcast? Basically, like okay, you know, you can sit wherever the hell you're sitting in whatever remote space right i mean now thanks to uh um the starlink uh you know and then mm-hmm. elon musk uh, you, you can have a uh, great internet everywhere again in the, in the most uh, abandoned bushes of uh, whatever um and so that obviously plays into their hands right uh information is commodity you know you can learn whatever you want. You can access whatever you want. You can speak to whoever you want. You can do whatever you want almost, right? Yeah. And that's why, you know, again, just to just to drop some, some things, right? I, people would be amazed on how many businesses, right? We just named, named drop a, a couple, but people would be amazed on how many of some of the success, most successful and most downloaded apps people use in the West and the U S and Europe. Right. So that are used by hundreds of millions of people almost on a daily basis are developed by teams 
in the East, yep. right, in Eastern Europe. They like, I think people will be shocked. And um, I'm actually thinking about like, okay, we should do a list about this. And then like, and, and in one episode, just like drop that, you know, mm. just like, um, and you, you just quickly mentioned that, right? With, uh, with the second largest marketplace for Africa. But I mean, there's, there's a bunch of these. And there's the, you, you just mentioned um, a tech talent, right? What was that? Uh, the, uh, I'm not sure who told me that, but like the entire IT development of, okay, now I, I need to fact check it, fact check this. But I, I think somebody told me that like one of, so that the entire IT development or outsourcing of PwC is in Ukraine. Hmm. I need to fact check this. So don't, don't hold me accountable for this. I will check it. But I'll, I'll add another one, right? So one of my close friends, uh, uh, Sasha, he works for a company called Genesis, which mm. you remember we talked about. It. It's like one of those yeah. companies you never hear about. They basically build apps and build products to market. And mostly of, most of their products are super successful in the U.S. I mean, yeah. It's a company that you never heard about. Yeah. has over 300 million users globally. 300 million users globally. And that's a company Let that never sink. heard. Let yeah. that sink. You know? And, and there are products like GG, like Better Me, like Headway. You probably have come across either their ads or, mm. you know, download and use them. You would never know that they're from Ukraine. Yeah. You know, and, and, and this is not just, this is not just, you know, stupid outsourcing work. Exactly. You yeah. know, that we're talking about. There is R&D centers, some of the biggest tech companies like in Ukraine. Boeing, Boeing uh, Apple, uh, Amazon has one. So, so Ring, this is, Snapchat, I mean, there are tons. <laughs> exactly. And now with, and now with the, um, you know, with basically there no, being no boundaries to location. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's like um, now with uh, Meta, announcing that they are um they're about we had to drop it? meta right <laughs> i yeah, thought I we would to. not talk about it <laughs> i had to no no i had to um uh, but i didn't i didn't drop the metaverse um, <laughs> no no but um was it, like uh, hiring ten thousand uh, people uh, across europe mm. um i mean what does stop you from hiring somebody in ukraine nothing no oh some of the most hardworking and, people Exactly. And now, now the next thing, what does that mean for Europe? What does that mean for Europe? There's, um, there's great discussions about um, war for talent, mm. great discussions about uh, a huge shortage that is going to be um, more and more visible throughout the next decade because of um, just the distribution uh, within the population, mm. European population when it comes to age. Uh, the baby boomers basically going into retirement, etc. You know, what does that mean? What does it mean for um, utilizing or, um, you know, making making something out of all that great innovation and hardworking um, themes and people that you have there? And this is something that we talked about a lot, right? So that, um, and we talked, to, uh, we, we actually talked to um, some founders uh, from from that region, and I actually do have a couple that 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 we're going to that we're going to talk to, um, just to just to get an even better understanding. But 
what does that mean from a startup perspective, from a VC perspective? And we talked about this, right? The world yeah. has become a small place. Even well, though- on one hand, yes, I agree with you. On the other hand, it's still very much like the founders in Eastern Europe do not get the same attention, of course, as in, in Western Europe who don't get the same attention in the US. Like, you know, like one of the things, um, same idea. I mean, don't hold me accountable on this, but like that would raise in US 10 million, probably would raise a million in like Germany, mm. which would raise 100,000 in Ukraine and would raise nothing in Belarus. And uh, like, let's just look at also the VC numbers in the field, right? Mm. Estonia, of course, I mean, uh, that's another interesting country. And Estonia is probably yeah, the highest in terms of um, VC per capita uh, in the world, which is about 2000 euros per person. If you look at like Germany, Netherlands, it's somewhere around 500, 600 euros. Mm. Guess how much is Ukraine? So I, I don't know, drop it. Okay, no, 35. $35 or euros per person is the VC market right now in um, Ukraine. It's 15 in Belarus. So if you're a VC, you know where you should be looking at. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, look, and, that, and that's, that's what, I'm, what I'm saying, right? So the world has become a, a small place in what sense? So, and I talked to this founder just recently um, from, from that region. He's like, yeah, so they're all targeting the U.S. Exactly. They're not looking at Europe. Mm. They do not care. Why? Because, first of all, it's a fragment, fragmented market. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You go to one country. Okay? Then they don't speak English. Yep. <laughs> they have no, they, they have, there's no English. Mm. Right? And then uh, after these two, there is... Um, there's no, uh, there's a lower, just, just less money available. And then probably the other, um, I think that your European VCs do not have that on their radar. I don't think that they, I don't think that they put in focus, put a focus on that versus if you look at the U S and there's, and so they go to the U S and raise money in the U S Mm, exactly. If there's a great team with a great product, they will go to the U.S. They'll you register know, they're, in they're, Delaware they're, and they exactly. become an American company, pretty much. Exactly, exactly. And then their entire development sits in Ukraine. Exactly. Yeah. I I, I talked to I talked to a guy in, and and that that is a phenomenon that is that you have more and more. So the, the entire development, the entire team sits in Ukraine, freaking builds a product, builds a, builds a startup for the U.S. market. Funding is coming out of the U.S., but the entire team sits in Ukraine. <laughs> I've talked to a founder that built a freaking uh, neobank um, uh, for for the U.S. market. The mm. entire team sits in India. <laughs> yep. In great developers, right? It, it, that is not supposed to say that, like, okay, what, what the heck they're sitting in India. But I'm just saying, building a product that is financed with, you know, the, the building product for U.S. that is financed by U.S. money, you know, but the development is not happening there. Mm. So you see that more and more, and that's why the great unlock. So what do you do? Yeah. What do you do with this information, right? What do you do with this? Because it's crazy. This is crazy. I think, I mean, right now, of course, talent is what most people are looking at uh, in terms of Eastern Europe, right? Either 
get them to your country or you work, learn how to work with them and they're learning English like every day and they're getting better at yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, uh, they build Grammarly. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, I mean, the, the, the thing, the structural issue with, uh, of course, with Europe is indeed the fragmentation, right? And even with, for many European companies or Eastern European companies, the only way to grow is to go to U.S., and that's the most uh, exciting market because of its size, because of the barriers to entry. People are much more excited to try out new products. So there's still reasons why even natively Ukrainian companies or natively European companies, let's, let's broaden European companies, to scale, they look at U.S. Will it change? What needs to happen for it to change? We'll have to see. But at the same time, I mean, of course, I mean, U.S. is the largest English-speaking market. But then again, like in our generation, like the world is becoming English speaking, you know, like many mm -hmm. times you can just launch a product in English and you can have a global uh, footprint. So there are, yeah. you know, you don't necessarily like, you know, that's the case now, but like, I, I feel like in like five, 10 years, you don't have to customize that much in terms of language and things like that to mm. target. And many SaaS companies, for example, right now are kind of like English only and, so, and it kind of works. That's that's a fair point. No, it's going it's going to be interesting. Um, it's uh, I'm super I'm super I'm super passionate about this. Again, passionate <laughs> passionate about this. But uh, no, I'm I I no, I'm not going to use passion. I, I deeply care. Is that your substitute now? Yeah, I do have a substitute for it. <laughs> no, but um, it's 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 great. And so um, I mean, we 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 now covered this. Uh, I think we should. I really think so. Now again, you know. For the listeners, you've come this far. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a marathon today. It is a marathon, but it's interesting. No, if you come this far, what do you think? You know, should we do? Should we do like a separate episode, just like you know, focusing this, dropping crazy facts? You know, um, just diving deeper. Maybe you know, I already dropped it. We're gonna get some people on board that are from that region, but just like to analyze a little bit more this phenomena because I think it's it's absolutely absolutely insane and super interesting yeah like i would love to get for example somebody from unit city for example in kiev right i mean they're just building a whole digital city or city around tech yeah with vcs with startups with residences uh, r d centers everything together oh my god i mean i'm so excited about what they're building i mean i met those guys in amsterdam during the next, next web. web yeah and ukraine had a country summit uh, a country pavilion in a web summit which got so much of attention people are starting, starting to notice so yeah absolutely it's getting it is it is um all right i think you know i think this was a great run i think this was a great one what do you think Dude, I, I mean, these are the topics I love to talk about, right? So, <laughs> I mean, Eastern Europe, you know it. I, I breathe it. I live it. So, I love that. And I'm a VC. As I said, I mean, when people are get, like see the one side of it, I love to be the devil's advocate in a way. And I'm trying to dig and see what are the challenges with it. I enjoyed it. I don't know. I hope the listeners picked up something new for themselves as well. Yes, absolutely. So I'm excited, you know, I'm excited for the for the upcoming episodes. Um, we're going to we do not know yet, um, whether it is going to be a weekly or bi weekly thing. 
we'll see. Um, but there's so many things uh, that we can talk about. I can assure you. Uh, so again, you know, if you, especially now on, on that Eastern Europe part, right? If you enjoyed that, if you think that is that is something that we should spend an entire episode on, um, you know, just to dive deeper and and just like uncover more, um, you know, let us know. Reach out, read, reach out to uh, to me on, on LinkedIn. Um, you know, you can find me at um, first name, last name, uh, and you know, just just let us know, and we'll we'll make it happen. So, uh, Raj, maybe some last words from your side. I'm excited for 2022. It's I think it's this year. Let's, let's be honest. Like, well, I was I was saying the same for 2021 that we'd be coming out of COVID. Mm. Uh, one thing that I know, like, uh, is we're probably going to change our approach to COVID. So we're not going to call it pandemic. Probably call it an endemic. I was just talking to a friend at WHO who said we're restructuring WHO to just deal with it. We can't call it an emergency for three years. Exactly. So we'll have to rethink. We'll have to live with it. I'm concerned that there will be a lot of shifts in the sense of geopolitics and conflicts. Mm. But in terms of digital, I think there's a lot of excitement. So, yeah, I'm all for it. And let's see what we can build this year. Perfect. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Raj. Thanks for being in the show. You know, thanks for, um, if you haven't subscribed yet, again, you know, I urge you to subscribe to the show because it's I mean, if you've made it this far, I, uh, you better be subscribed, right? <laughs> exactly. If you have made it this far and you are not subscribed, I don't know. There's something wrong with you. You know, just like go and do it. Um, anyways. And that's why I, I drop an NFT or something, a giveaway, right? So for people who made it this far. <laughs> really? You have to drop NFT. Really? <laughs> we made it this far and you had to drop it like last yeah, listen, minute? It, it's 1.30 a.m. in Dubai right now and mosquitoes are biting my feet. So yeah, that's what's hitting me. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, thumbs up for Raj to, uh, you know, to, to go this far at 1.30 in Dubai. Mosquitoes biting his, his legs. <laughs> oh, man. All right. You know, thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Thanks for listening to the show and see you next time. Take care. Thanks, Jonathan.